If you love soccer, weirdly, you're in luck this week. This is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. He's German. Yes, I am. The unlikely story of a German soldier who became a sporting hero in The Keeper. That's the time when everything starts to go wrong. And a peek behind the curtain in the new documentary, Diego Maradona. That's this week on The Cinema Crew. Hello and welcome to The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me, as always, is Vari McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hello. Now, we're talking about two films in limited release this week because, as is sensible for every film, nothing's going to open up after The Lion King that's a big blockbuster. So keep that in mind. These films are both limited release. Now, your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass coming up just a little later on, but first... As long as you are here, you will be put to work to compensate for the suffering caused by the war. We know what your sword did, Mr. Troutman. Ah, landlord in the gold. It's not bad, is it? This lad could save it from relegation. This is not about football, Dad. He's a German. You can't just ignore that. To me and everyone round here, you're still the enemy. You? Play football, keep your gob shut. What's up with Bert's neck? It's a war wound. Poor lad can hardly speak. And also, I have a light cord. True stories and biopics are a cornerstone of the movie industry. In fact, the first full-length feature film was about none other than our very own Ned Kelly all the way back in 1906. Well, The Keeper is no exception to the rule, telling a story so bizarre it sounds almost made up. Vari, what is that story? Yeah, so it's actually about a German POW just after World War II. Um, They all get released and he decides to stay in England because he's got this great knack for goalie keeping for football uh, (laughs) or soccer for Australians. And he's sort of recruited into this little town near Manchester to be their goalie and gets the eye of the local girl Margaret and they fall in love and he ends up being this hero of um, soccer fans all over, even though it, it starts out as him having to overcome, obviously, all these prejudices because people think he's a Nazi. There's a really heavy themes here, but it's done in this really romantic drama style, more so than a sports film. Yeah, it's like you're talking about character arcs. To go from an unsympathetic Nazi soldier to a sporting hero that a nation loves that's a pretty huge development in a character and I, in the line of a single film. He's not a Nazi. He's not supposed to be a Nazi. He was well, just a, a soldier and he got caught up in it. And Well, yes, they do make that very abundantly clear. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he was just recruited into the army. He was a victim of circumstance, exactly. I guess you could say. Uh, I really like this film. I didn't have any interest in it, I'll be honest. Before going in, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of like two films I don't want to watch. <laughs> it's funny that you say it's two films because some people call it Troutman, which is the character's surname, and then we're calling it The Keeper. Yeah, I think that's just to do with like name recognition. Yeah. Like here that has very little name recognition. Yes. But in Europe, where he is uh, a national icon, you know, similar like a Ned Kelly movie would just be called Ned Kelly here because everyone knows who it is. So this one is quite interesting that it feels like this little country English film and it's by a German director and it's about a um, a German guy, but he's in Britain, so it's this um, cross-production. Um, so for someone from Australia, I didn't know who he was, but now I seem to know all about him. 
not only do I now know about him, I actually think he's great. <laughs> now that I've seen his story, I'm like, he overcame a lot of stuff. And you're right, yeah. what you said earlier, like some of the themes are quite heavy and some of the things that he has to go through, him and I guess like his, you know, the people that supported him and yeah. whatnot. But it is done in quite a, you know, those like English feel good movies, like the best exotic marigold mm, hotel. Yeah. They're quite charming and they're quite kind of like, it's like a lazy Sunday movie almost. Mm-hmm. And it do- it never gets too heavy. It's always kind of in that tone. That being said, it does have some tone shifts. It does. Which some people found jarring, though I kind of felt like it, it like earned them. You know, I, I, even though I was like, wow, this is taking a turn. Mm. I was never like, what the hell? Like it, it felt natural. Yeah, I, d- I didn't feel that. Towards the third act, I thought it was going to wrap up. And then there's another like mini story that it kind of tells oh. that is quite like heartbreaking and, and heavy and obviously yeah, you know, you're we, right. we, we don't want to go into too much about, you know, this, this man's unfortunate life, mm-hmm. but it, it, I was kind of like, Oh, hang on. There's more to it. And Oh my God, all this stuff that's coming oh, up oh. now. I, in fact, we saw it with someone and as she came out, she said, I think I just felt every emotion yeah. <laughs> on the spectrum. And cause that's kind of w- the kind of film this is. It is quite funny. It is quite charming. It is quite romantic. It is quite sad. Mm. Like people were crying. People were laughing. It's one of those films, which is kind of rare to have that, but it does cover the, it's, it's the cliche of movies, right? It's like that spectrum of emotion that you feel. It was feel. like happiness, tick, sadness, tick, sorrow. Yeah, it was yeah. ticking all the boxes. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with um, the Second World, Second World War um, and a lot of imagery from his past is... Uh, reflected or he remembers things that have happened whilst he was at war and he's got like, I guess, PTSD and his struggle Mm. with, you know, everyone's perception of him throughout his uh, upcoming soccer career is, is a really interesting way at how he's dealing with, Oh, do I deserve all this, this uh, glory that people are sharing me with? Because I know my, my history is not nice. Um, And I just really like that with, the actor who who played him, David Cross. I was I was about to bring him up. Mm. I'd not seen him before. They're looking at like his IMDb page. Mm. He's been in things that I've watched before, oh. but I guess maybe like I don't know, not made small an impression parts. Or not been, yeah, yeah, small parts. Uh, but he plays uh, Troutman, who was the main character. Yeah. Uh, he's great. He's he's really awesome. charming. Um, he's he's very like naturalistic. Mm. He was really good. He's very likable. Not to be confused with American comedian David Cross, who's oh. in like Arrested Development <laughs> stuff. Don't think we're talking about him. They're two different people. He's, this guy's quite young and handsome and mm. German. And German. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the bloody goalkeeper? You think you just play some football and everything's forgiven? Forgotten that you robbed us of our youth. Instead of going out dancing, we had to spend our evenings in a bomb shelter. I'd rather have danced with you than stood on the battlefield. Um, yeah, and his um, leading lady, Freya Marvor, who I know from Skins. Yes. She's been in a, a few right. other little things as well here and there. I recognised her from that. And she plays Margaret, who ends up being his wife. And she, I think, is the stand-in for the audience because at first she doesn't like him. She thinks he's a Nazi and is wondering why he's just allowed to like walk around town. Why is he here? Why is he living among us? And starts to slowly break down her prejudice in getting to know him and understanding that he's actually a human and not just a a symbol for something that everyone's labeling him as and ends up supporting him throughout 
their life and what he has to deal with and everything. Well, so one of the aspects I liked, because there's kind of two key relationships, that being one of them. The other one is between um, Troutman and uh, the father of Margaret, who is the is the person that gets him out of the in like the 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 war camp mm. and brings him to the soccer field, but he doesn't want to tell anyone that he's no. a German soldier. Their relationship, I qu- thought, that was, was so interesting. It was like kind of funny because like they were kind of taking advantage of each other. Yeah, and so they kept stealing each other's cigarettes, and right. I really I thought that was like. Such a quintessential, charming British comedy kind of relationship that they had going on. He had such a strong accent, though. Yes. Uh, I, at times, I was like, "What are you saying?" Yeah, it's like 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 the um like Manchester accent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very. So, yeah. fans of the uh, the football player might might go and see it, but who do you think should see this film? I think this is a like you mentioned before, Cambo. This is a film to see with your parents, your elderly parents, if you have them. Um, on a Sunday, it's a very Sunday afternoon type film. And yeah. I feel like if you were to see it, I don't know, uh, early, if you were to see it early in the afternoon, go have a coffee to de- to debrief, um, that's who I'd recommend it to. Yeah, it's got a much different flavour to all the blockbusters that are out now. So if you want something like more slow paced, quiet, little historical love story, it's, it's a nice one. It's kind of like, and I'm not pointing any fingers here, if a computer animated lion doesn't sound appealing to you, this is about as far away as that as you could probably get. Also, still in cinemas, The Lion King. The classic Disney film, but computer animated this time. And Stuba. Stu, desperate for five stars on his Uber rating, takes... Batista for a ride. Yes, you can hear about both of those movies and, in fact, everything that is in cinemas right now in our back catalogue, which you can access from whichever podcast app you would like. When you enter the cancha, you go life, you go everything. Documentary filmmaker Azif Kapadia has made a name for himself in revealing documentaries about iconic people. From his heartbreaking Amy, chronicling the life of Amy Winehouse, to the heart-pounding Senna set in the world of Formula One, now he's turned his attention to the crazy world of soccer fandom and superstardom in Diego Maradona. You may have heard that name, but Dan, does the film teach you anything about the man? This film taught me everything I know about the man. (laughs) I ashamedly had never heard of him. Really? Never. Wow. So um, for me, this was a very enlightening film. It basically chronicles the true story of this very, very poor young boy in uh, Argentina and his rise to fame as a famous soccer player and the many sordid ways in which he got there. <laughs> yes. So th- that's interesting then, having never heard of him. Did it blow your mind how famous he was? It was actually, <laughs> because this is set um, late 70s, early yeah. 80s is yeah. when he was at the, the height of his fame. And I think it really does show you how football or soccer obsessed these countries were at that time for the World Cup. And to see so much uh, onus of a player like these people owned him. He was a he was a person of the people. They idolized him as much as they would any other deity or god. So it was crazy to think that, you know, not just one person believes this, but our entire city, entire country. Yeah. And one interesting thing about this person is he is separate. His two names, Diego and Maradona, 
they idolize Maradona, but maybe not so much Diego. That's very true. And that's what I think a good documentary and specifically the documentaries that this filmmaker makes. Mm. They take that icon that people know. And like I said, you may have heard the name Maradona, mm. uh, but it really, it, it doesn't so much even focus on Maradona. It's like, what was he like? Like, what was this person's life like? And it kind of strips away the limelight. And in fact, there's a really great sequence in which you see him walk out into this stadium that is just packed with people. 100,000 people there, Easy. all screaming his name. But it shows you the moments leading up to that as well. There's like 500 hours of footage yep. that was never released that they're, they're using in this documentary. And and before he goes out to that kind of the, the spectacle you may have mm. seen before him in the stadium with cheering people, and he's just kind of by himself in the corridor, it's very quiet. He's, he's quite nervous. Mm. You know, he doesn't know what to do. And it's those sections of the, the documentary that are really revealing. Cause it's like, this is just a normal guy who was thrust into absolute superstardom. Yeah. And most of that footage was taken from Maradona's own personal archive. So he's given the director all of his footage and said, yes, you can use this. This is the stuff I want people to see. So it's kind of amazing that it shows the good and the bad. And this man who's still alive is okay with opening up his whole world and his life like that and just being so vulnerable and open to everybody. And I think that's a a credit to him that he was willing to show you the darker sides because there are some pretty dark sides in in this (laughs) Diego Maradona in the heart of his fame, maybe not the nicest person in the world, which is, again, stripping away the myth of Maradona yes. and showing you that it's a guy that was given too much money, he was given too much fame, and it kind of started eating him up inside. And I, I would say Amy, if people have seen the documentary, mm. Amy, very similar yeah. in that way where you know Amy Winehouse was kind of like lauded with all this critical acclaim and whatnot, but it kind of started to ruin her to the point of you know her death. Mm. And it, Diego Maradona, obviously not dead, but... It really did kind of consume his life. It broke his career. Oh, absolutely. And you really get a sense of uh, how much in the public eye, at least, people think that you belong to them. That was a real sense that I got in this film was people thought that Maradona was theirs and he belonged to them and they had ownership of him to the point where people would just grab things and Mm. like, like, it's so... I can't even put into words. It's so crazy how people treated him like an absolute object. And then in turn, he started becoming quite a confused, messed up person. Yeah, we see that with a lot of celebrities. And even nowadays where there's, like, you know, even young girls being like grabbed at and like celebrities that have been like picked up by fans. And even though they've got bodyguards around them, that they're just you know, these things can happen to them. And we've seen it with a lot of other celebrities like actors and singers as well, where the fame and the money get to them and they're not in control of their own life. And so this sort of documentary that opens up to people, how these people aren't just idols, they're not symbols, they're actual real humans and they are dealing with a lot of stuff in their own personal life and hopefully maybe change people's minds about how they treat celebrities. True. I don't know if you guys idolize any particular artist in any respect, but if I see someone I idolize, I'm not going to go pick up them. I'm, I'm scared to talk to them, <laughs> let alone bloody touch them. Do you know what I mean? What's so. wrong with people? <laughs> so there may be people out there, and in fact, I'm positive there are, that, like you, Dan, not heard of Diego Maradona. So 
maybe in a nutshell, why was he as famous as he is? I think because at the time he was uh, unique in the way that he played the game. And one particular quote he mentions in the film, because the entire film is subtitled, so because you've got two different languages, I think yeah. Italian and... Great point. We should point that out to yes, people. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people don't like subtitles. This documentary is completely subtitled. Yes. Um, and he says that uh, football is a game of deceit. So you think that it might be physical, which I'm, I'm sure it is, which he, 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 which he says it is, but it's all mental. It's all he, His brain is his most valid asset. Yeah, and that's what people said about him and that's his skill in football was comparable to that of like a chess master. He just had such a genius brain he could see like 10 moves ahead and that's why he was so good. Mm. And it, it became at a point like I guess more contemporary versions of this where I mentioned David Beckham or Michael Jordan that were so good at what they they did is they kind of transcended between just sports star to like icon of a group of people. Mm. What I found really interesting about this comparatively to, I would say even Apollo 11 is less focus on interviews with people mm. to explain things and more reliance on really great editing of footage so similar to Apollo 11, where they compiled the footage in sequence, scored it, and it just retells that story. Diego Maradona is kind of like that. There mm. aren't that many people sitting down just talking about Diego Maradona. A lot of it is actually they've recreated entire sequences from all of this old footage, mm. and it's playing out like it did. And I really like that form of documentary. It's like the purest form of documentary. <laughs> Now, for your chance to win a Gold Class Double Pass, simply head to the Village Cinema's Facebook or Instagram page, locate the Cinema Crew post, and answer the question. What other famous person should have a documentary made about them? Doesn't have to be soccer stars. Simply leave your comment with the hashtag, the Cinema Crew, for your chance to win. Next week, Protein Powder at the Ready, we are talking the latest instalment of the Fast and Furious franchise, Hobbs and Shaw. But until then, thank you, Vari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. My name is Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Cinema Crew.